All right, welcome to another Ember Weekend. I'm Jonathan Jackson. And I'm Chase McCarthy. And I'm Robert Jackson. Yeah, Robert's here. I kind of feel like we should have to, we feel like we have to change the order now. It seems weird to do like Jackson, McCarthy, Jackson. Yeah, uh, it is, yeah, you know it is. There is there is like a an order thing. Honestly, we should just really shuffle it. Like we can do some sort of like honestly, y'all. Thing. I'm just glad I remember to say my own name. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know, I was I was like waiting, like I was paused, and I have this like, I, like I'm just pantomiming, like he's is he gonna do it? Is he gonna do it? Uh, and he did it! Yay! In my own head, I almost said Jonathan Jackson. Like <laughs> that's not <laughs> great. I mean, don't, that's, don't that's say not Jonathan your Jackson. name, Rob. Don't say Jonathan Jackson. <laughs> not your name. Okay, so we're broadcasting in a lot of places, and it's been a, a minute since we've uh, last recorded. So uh, we're doing a uh, an RFC Roundup Holiday Edition, and this is likely going to be a two part episode, though that remains to be seen. And do we title our episodes preemptively now, Chase, or do we no longer do that? Well, we we always said that uh, if we had a guest, they chose the title. But after that, I mean, if, besides that, we just choose it after the fact. Yeah, I don't think Robert's a, a guest anymore. No. Though. Rob, do you want to name it? No, I'm uh, no, I don't want that responsibility. It's a difficult responsibility. All of our guests have always had a little trouble. We, we started letting people know beforehand, so they had some time. So uh, let's just dive in. So I guess the first thing we need to talk about is what have we been up to? It's been since uh, September, since we last recorded. Uh, I guess I'll go first. I was in Florida and did Emberfest uh, at Amsterdam. And when I went to Florida, it was uh, for Thanksgiving. And it was a little frustrating because that's still a little bit before it gets crazy cold in Rhode Island. So I don't know. Oh, and I sent out Christmas cards. Boom. Chase, it's in the mail. I I didn't get one. I'm so glad that I don't have to send out Christmas cards. You're getting one sometime. You know, you can just send emails. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. You can send emails. Accurate. Yeah, and they're they're instant. I, I feel like it loses a little something. It's definitely more efficient though. Well, you can't attach a YouTube video to a Christmas card. Well, you could. It's just it's in, it's an encumbrance on both the, both <laughs> sides of the letter. <laughs> All those little USB sticks would be expensive. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. So, uh, so what about you, Chase? What's new in uh, your neck of the woods uh, since we've been absent for so long? I think uh, I Code Days was the thing I did right in September. I don't know if we talked about that, um, but I gave a talk at Code Days, basically the same talk I gave in Kagi in Japan a few months before that. That was fun. I'd never been to Buffalo. Never been to the Niagara Falls. Now that I say this, I think we did talk about that because I remember talking I don't a think lot so. about Niagara I don't remember Falls. hearing about Niagara Falls. Well, I was talking awesome. about it for like days like after that. <laughs> was it was it amazing? Was it code days? Ah, uh, yes. Oh, come on, Rob. <laughs> You're better than that. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, then after that, uh, Keeper Be Weird. Uh, that's a local one. That's in Austin. So I went to that. I think that's the last one. I'm never really sure because they said it was the last one, but I don't know if it was a joke because the whole conference is really weird and you just have no idea... <laughs> what's actually legit. Uh, did that did that take place around Halloween this year as well? Yeah, well, it was actually after Halloween this year, which is different than the last few years yeah, that, I've been. Yeah, that is strange. Yeah. yeah, but it was actually good timing. I think they did that specifically to line up with Matt's schedule um, because this mm. is like the first time he'd ever been to one of them. That's cool. I saw pictures of that. It looked really exciting on Twitter. Yeah, it was, it was great. Yeah, and then the last part is uh, I'll be starting a new job in January at Heroku. Now, where? Where, Chase? Tell me more. <laughs> At Heroku. At Heroku. Very cool. Very cool. So you're a Hiro- Hirokai already? Or when when do you start? January. January. Yeah, January. mid-January. It's going to be super fun. Yeah, I'll be on the dashboard team too. So it's all Ember all day. Nice. So much Ember. So much Embering. They've been doing Ember. Uh, I, I saw a post from Brian Reynolds, actually, in the Discord. And 
they have been doing Ember uh, at Heroku for four plus years. Is that right? Nice. Yeah, yeah. I think they started pre Ember CLI. If I definitely pre Ember CLI. Yeah, 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 totally. That's yeah. super cool. Yeah. All right, Robert, your turn. What have you been up to since September fourth or third, depending on how we parse the dates? I did things. And then I did more things, and then I did more mm. things, and then you know now we're here, right? Are uh, you are you telling people to go like you know like go check my GitHub for my <laughs> no, my no, creds? No, no, no. <laughs> uh, so we, we did. We had Ember Camp uh, in Chicago. That was really awesome. Um, lots of fun. Yeah, we we uh, uh, we we mentioned that in episode one twenty four, mm-hmm. um, but it was still in the future at that point. Yeah, so yeah. Obviously. So that was that was a ton of fun. I accidentally ordered a drink that was a gallon sized Moscow Mule. <laughs> Next time. So since then I have. Asked the size of the beverage as I ordered them, so I learned something that was good. Uh, then uh, what did I do? Then then I took a family vacation to uh, Disney World. We had uh, had a blast. I went back to went out to Sunnyvale to uh, have an offsite with uh, teammates uh, over LinkedIn. My team over there, although it was super ashy, like I. I honestly thought that, uh, you know, they were just making a big deal. You know, those Californians making a big deal about the smoking. And I was like really hard to breathe, actually. And then just this past weekend, we had uh, had a Ember, uh, the framework team met uh, face-to-face uh, out in Portland for, you know, both days. And just locked ourselves in a room and yelled at each other for a couple of days. So, um, I mean, that's par for the course for face-to-face, right? Yeah. Yeah. Seems good. The image that I have of the face to face is like the cover of like the comic books where all the superheroes are like, you know, face to face, like in the line, you know, like <laughs> heroes versus villains. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, the image I always have is that John Travolta Nick Cage movie where they like face <laughs> off, uh, where they like switch faces, you know. I, I joke about yelling because there's, especially when Eric Brennan and I were, were both at all the meetings. There was a volume problem to, because like <laughs> I have lots of volume and Eric has lots of volume and then like collectively rooms aren't made for that much volume. But uh, but recently we've been using the software called TCQ, which is a thing they use on TC39, I think. But uh, it actually makes it really convenient to like keep an agenda and then people can reply to, to talks. And uh, it sort of cuts down on the interruption factor and the back and forth bantering and and stuff and sort of keeps things focused uh, like not that it's like possible to actually keep all of those people focused anyways <laughs> but it helped quite a lot uh is that is that a service or is that no, like it's, uh, a, like just a- an open source app that was put together by uh i think brian turleson i think for tc39 and since uh yehuda had been using it on tc39 he suggested we try it out uh for our face-to-faces and i think this was the second time we used it and frankly i think while we still had tons of topics to go over at least we we're able to keep as focused as possible. And right. the issue is like the derailing of things with like interrupting, like clarifying questions or reply, like rebuttals or whatever, you know, like having a system, especially when you have like 15 people in a room, having a system where you've basically got to type in, uh, like essentially raise your hand and here's my comment to be able to jump in. is it, it like really right. keeps you on track. That's cool. That's really neat. I've not heard of it. Is, is that on GitHub, I presume? Yeah, I can get the link and we can, uh, we can include it in the, in the notes. Excellent. Cool. Well, that's kind of what we've been up to. Uh, and we're back and we're doing a uh, holiday episode. So let's uh, let's dive into the the guts of uh, this week's uh, RFC roundup. Oh, John, I didn't realize it was Festivus. Totally. The rest you're not wearing your sweater? <laughs> oh, no. I, I mean, like, it was I, in oh, the you're talking to Robert. I was like, I'm wearing my sweater. How dare you, sir? <laughs> Can you see it? It's right here. <laughs> 
All right. So uh, in preparation for this episode, we uh, reached out to our Twitter at uh, Ember Weekend, all one word. And uh, we got a couple of uh, really great uh, requests. You know, we were basically trying to figure out what are the RFCs that people are most interested in hearing about. And we're going to kind of go through them. Uh, One of the questions that we got, though, uh, is the one that I want to touch on first. uh, And that is from Sam Selikoff. And he asked to hear our strategies for keeping up with the details of an RFC. And I'm going to start again because I have one thing to say about this. And it, it probably means that I'm bad at reading RFCs. And it's, it's kind of like Inbox Zero in me, where you know everyone likes to say they do Inbox Zero, but we've all had thousands of emails in our inbox at some point or another. And that's how it works for me. Like Some days I'm really motivated to work through all the issues, but normally I let it pile up. And then one day I open up the GitHub tab, the notifications tab, and it's just like you know two page scrolls. And I just go through and I click the ones that I have read or I'm keeping tabs on and I dismiss the rest. And that's kind of the processing mechanism but it feels like that's probably not something that would work for you, Rob. Or So uh, opening the table, how do you deal with RFC buildup? I think there's a few parts to this. I think GitHub doesn't actually have a way to like, like tailor the notifications terribly well. So you basically either can watch the repo and see comments or not. They recently added a feature where you can watch for releases, but that doesn't really apply here. Like these aren't releases, if you will. Right. So unfortunately, you can't just use the built-in system to, to tailor this. But what I think the... The right thing to do is, at least for me personally, is to like to look at the title of the RFC and see if it like applies to like maybe it's a th- in a category you don't care about or not in a bad way, just like it doesn't affect you or you don't have any deep thoughts on a given subject. If it doesn't, you can always go to it and unsubscribe, and then you just stop getting notifications or com- comments for that particular one. That's one thing. Another thing um, that I like to do is. In cases where I care about a thing, but it's not terribly important, like the the details don't matter. I don't really want to try to modify the process or change the proposal. After um, you know, I'll, I'll basically just wait for the team to put it in final comment period. So if it's a if it's a framework RFC, then that means like the someone on the framework team will uh, comment in the things at a final comment period. And then there's like tweets and um, mentions in the Ember Times uh, stuff like that. And at that point, then uh, now it's a great time to like perk up, pay attention, read through the thing, make sure there's no like red flags or something jumps out at you. That's a a great thing. I think the problem for me is that I tend to care about all the different things. So I'm never in the first category that I wish I was in sometimes, which is that I don't care. So I tend to try to review the RFCs when they're first proposed and try to give early feedback to the, the author if possible. But that leads to another problem, which is, once you, I tend to find that once you like internalize like a given version of document, it's hard to know, like, unless the author just does diffs, like where they, they just keep adding commits, it's hard to see what's changed since the thing you remember, right? So especially if they just amend the commit, you really can't see, okay, well, I read it then, what's changed? How big has it changed? Have they updated the tweaks that I suggested? That kind of stuff. I think that was just a meandering answer for good luck. <laughs> so it seems it seems as if there is kind of a fire hose and you have to pick and choose your battles. Do you think that it is some combination of using GitHub issues as like the primary mechanism and then email as a secondary mechanism? Oh, uh, sorry. Or... So when, I, when we're talking about GitHub notifications, I'm always talking about email because oh. the thing in GitHub sucks. <laughs> I've not found it to be deficient, but I don't deal with the same volume. So... Yeah, so so I'll tell you, there are like, you know, decades of practices around managing volumes of email, way longer than GitHub has been around. Mm. And, uh, you know, I, I basically just, 
general notification flow. I have notifications come in via email. I triage them uh, into like groups by category of project. Like maybe it's Ember CLI, maybe it's Ember Source, maybe it's data, whatever, or one of my own packages, things like that. Mm-hmm. And then I just I skim them for like maybe it's like an auto updater bot or something where I just need to go through and when they're green merge them that kind of thing. Uh, maybe it's a direct mention of my name, that kind of thing. So, anyways, yeah, there's way better flows. Okay, so so you're saying email email definitely is the priority, and subscribing and subscribing is done via email, or do you, you you're trying to avoid going to the main website for GitHub like as much as possible? So GitHub, I like I'm in the the GitHub like GitHub.com. I'm in there. Like I have many tabs of GitHub open almost all the time, all, like 100 percent of the time. Mm-hmm. Sure, but I just yeah. don't use yep. it for notifications. So if I'm gonna read the diff, I go obviously I go to GitHub to read the like read the updates. Some people are notoriously bad about submitting a comment with like a word and then editing it to be more pros. And if you just did the email thing, you would not see the updates because GitHub sends the notification, the email notification right away. Oh, I see. So, so you're saying you're saying if I say first, and then I get the first thing in the comment, and then I come back and edit it, I'll that's, never that's see that. We were, we were yeah. thinking the exact same thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I would never, I would never see the update. That's so there's funny. sometimes when you can kind of tell it's like ah, this has got cut off in the sentence. Someone accidentally hit the you know command enter or whatever the button. I think that's command enter. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna start writing uh, at the very top of every RFC. I'm gonna say first and then dash. Robert, please refresh your browser and like go go to this issue to read my actual text. You know what I'm going to do? Hmm? Delete. Delete. <laughs> just delete it. Done. Uh, Chase, uh, what what's your experience? I mean, okay, so just to be clear, I think you and I, Chase, we also use Ember Weekend as a mechanism for reviewing our episodes. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, I don't really have a practice because I, um, even though I, uh, every app I've worked on has been able to keep reasonably up to release, it's not like I'm doing like beta stuff or I'm not really trying to like plan for some new RFC. So generally it doesn't like affect my job if I don't keep up exactly. So I kind of just like in Discord or in when it was Slack, I would just keep an eye on announcements uh, and then kind of see mm. what comes out in newsletters. Yeah, and then this this is kind of my prep. So we were kind of in, in, in a unique place. Uh, most people aren't going to have a podcast where they can have an RFC roundup to do yeah. their refresher, but well, with somebody um, who's doing the, the the email thing too, you know, having Rob here helps helps a lot. Oh man, I, I could not the deal dinosaur. with that. My email is a nightmare. <laughs> My email is already polluted with junk. It's like I could yeah. not I could not deal with you know parsing through all that other stuff. I've tried I've tried like every different email strategy too. I've never really found something that really like I, I like. Well, I, I do keep it. Much. I do keep GitHub notifications for like open source separate from anything that's like either personal or work related. Like so, it's very straightforward during the day when I'm working on work work, like to not have that annoying, like popping up all the time. Right. Um, right. That makes sense. You know, but, but the beauty of my job is oftentimes I get to work on open source for work. Uh, so I, I guess it's not sure. even as good of a filter anymore. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess, uh, I guess the sum up here is that, you know, you got to find a system that works for you and it, it depends really on how much you care about understanding every individual RFC like basically, it's a job of narrowing it down, and then you can yeah. find a system that works. Yeah, that is that the general. Yeah, that, that's just, that's about right. And the one thing to keep in mind is that some RFCs are different than others, right? So some of them, like for example, the uh, Ember 2018 roadmap RFC, right? Which which we did talk about, I think, um, or it had just came out when our last uh, episode mm-hmm. was out, but we didn't talk about it in detail. But the point mm-hmm. is, it it pitches a 
high level meta like point and path, that's way easier to digest than some like nitty gritty detail API, yeah. right? Like that's it's, it's, so th- those tend to make more sense to focus your time on, especially if you're basically in the space where you're an app developer. You just want to be generally up to date to use the current patterns. You don't really care about trying to use the bleeding edge of a thing. Um, I think the the best thing to do then is take a look at the Ember Times. It's going to give you some like four or five different uh, snippets. It's a newsletter. Uh, you should go read it. It's also on embergist.com slash blog. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a great place to like just get a couple of hand like hand picked things fed to you from the learning team, which is awesome. And then also like the release posts when it's actually like. Many yep. weeks after RFC plus landing plus merging to beta, like once it's already out, and then then it's out there, and then you know, then it's like stable. And hey, this is a thing that the team has like worked on, and it's honed, and it should be ready to go. So I think, yeah, I think I think you're I think you're touching on something. It's like it depends on who you are, the strategies you might employ here. Mm-hmm. But like the ninety nine percent case is that you're an app developer, and you want to just make sure that you're, you know keeping an eye on the future mm-hmm. and you're doing reasonable and intelligent things to to keep your app in a good space yeah. so that you can keep working on it. I think you're exactly right. Find curated lists, the blog, Ember.js Times, that seems reasonable. And of course, you know, your favorite podcast, Ember Weekend, you know, whatever you want. The main content of this episode is all going to be driven around uh, this idea of Ember Octane. Uh, this is actually a question that uh, Jen Weber had when John posted it up on Twitter. And so luckily, this is kind of like something that Rob's really interested in right now. He's uh, so he's like actively taking notes as I speak. I can see them changing in the docs. <laughs> and so we're going to talk next about the RFC about Ember editions, or the first edition being the Octane edition. Yeah, and and the the editions like idea was definitely introduced right as we did our last episode in September. The Ember Times issue has the commit at uh, the the initial draft for the for the commit there was in like late August. And uh, we we definitely covered it, but we we quote unquote covered it uh, in that we we made an, a joke about octane. I think Robert, you read the Wikipedia article for what octane means, right? Mm-hmm. And that's not particularly helpful. But we, we there was just wasn't enough meat there yet. I think for us to go in depth like we we plan to in this episode and the following episode. So I think now now we're at a spot where we have more information. Is that right, Rob? I think so. Yeah, we uh, we've landed. Um, We've landed the first, like the roadmap to 2018, that RFC was uh, 364. Um, so we landed that, and um, that basically laid out what Octane was going to be. And Octane is the first edition. And as the the unfortunately the the first edition landed, uh, like the the proposal of edition landed before the concept of editions itself has been accepted. So it's a little bit. Uh, <laughs> I think that was that was the reason why we made that joke because I remember reading Octane. I was like. What is an octane? What does yes. this mean? It's a little bit of an order of operations faux pas, mm. but essentially uh, the idea of additions is roughly a, a concept where uh, incrementally we can bundle sets of improvements together, uh, improvements to the programming model, like to the way you're supposed to think about building apps. Not necessarily at the level of individual APIs, but like high-level, big-picture things. And you'll see when we talk about, when we look at the other RFCs that are outstanding in octane, you get a better idea of like why these are like really big, big hitters. And the key here is that it lets us, it lets us do a few things. First of all, um, because we're so committed to Simver and in our release, like our major version bumps are always, they're always focused on just drop deprecated, previously deprecated features, not adding new things. So that means that our major version bumps aren't like big, like feature releases, right? So then 
if we can't do that, that's what a lot of projects do. They'll say, hey, let's do a, you know, a 5.0 or 6.0 or a 13.0. And uh, here's some new features, right? But for us, it's really important that we don't do that, right? Because that means that people have cliffs. That means people can't upgrade. That means like those, mm-hmm. th- those are things that we fundamentally uh, don't want to do. So additions, though, like conversely, they're, they're almost certainly not going to align with major version bumps because it's not about dropping features. It's about adding features. It's about features ready to use and adopt by, like, broadly. It also, so, so that's one thing. The other thing is, like, it gives us a consistent, coherent way to talk about a bundle of features together. So, like, if you go read a blog post, you can say, ah, this is talking about the Octane uh, edition or the, you know, maybe Era or whatever, right? But you're talking about, then you can assume, you know, that ah, we're talking about this specific subset of features. Like for Octane, it's like land, land a lot of the stuff we talked about, like modification, number components, native classes, uh, stuff like that, Broccoli 2 and that kind of stuff. And then it's also like, you know, not have not shipping with jQuery by default, or like there's a whole slew of things that are going to be included in Octane. But when we say Octane, now boom, you have a mental checkpoint, like a bookmark to say, ah, that means this collective group of features. So that, that's, I think, the, the biggest thing. And then I think thirdly, which I, I guess I, I started, I thought I only had two points, but the third thing is, <laughs> give us a, a single way to talk about it, right? Now we can evangelize and talk about, hey, look at this awesome new programming model and like new way to think about things. And we can, we can talk broadly across people that may not be as familiar with the Ember land, right? Yeah, definitely. So I have a few questions, and I think many of these are kind of mechanical around... So a lot of these RFCs are in some level of completion or acceptance or comment, but many of them are already available as feature flags. Is there like an octane that I can just go into an existing Ember app and turn on the correct list of feature flags and have it work? Or is it going to be shipped in a different kind of way? I guess I just don't know the mechanics of how the additions are going to be implemented. Yeah, so that was one of the first things that we sort of dug into. I'll copy a link. There's an Octane tracking issue number itself, and I'll uh, make sure to get that in the in the notes. Mm-hmm. But basically, it's tracking all the features and what's uh, what's going to land and what the order of operations are, who's like sort of assigned to what, and it's like a, just a big giant checklist of checklists. So that's the first thing. So it gives you a place to see, hey, what's what's the status? Where are we at? How are we doing? I think that's a good place to check in. Now, if you're talking about, hey, I want to make a new app and I'd like to try out the Octane thing and give feedback and whatever, the idea in the long run is that when you do Ember new, you'll get whatever the current edition is, right? So by the time we ship Octane by default, when you say Ember new, you'll get an Octane layout, which will be a modification, whatever set of dependencies or versions of Ember or whatever that that includes. Mm -hmm. And uh, in the meantime, We've got it set up so that the blueprint itself is being managed by in a separate repo. And as some of you all know, you can just do Ember New dash B and then the another blueprint name. So it doesn't have to use the default app blueprint for Ember CLI. So so I guess the very high level thing is there is a separate Octane blueprint for apps. And when you run that blueprint, you're going to get an app laid out with all the feature flags and optional features and um, packages and dependencies and all that stuff that Octane, the current status of the Octane um, edition has. And eventually, Ember New will emit that, that output, right? But for now, uh, Ember New is still going to continue to emit the sort of same standard layout that we were used to while we settle and, and like stabilize Octane. Okay, so expanding upon that, I guess maybe that kind of opens up the the topic of the tracking issue that you mentioned. Is that its own RFC or is that just a tracking issue at high level? Like, 
How do these additions come to be? So obviously there are a bunch of features, but there are more features than the ones that are outlined in the Octane edition. How were those features chosen? Is it the intention of these RFCs to be cognizant of additions that they would likely be plugged into? Like say I was to write a new RFC, should I factor in additions that are on the horizon? Like, oh, this is this is definitely a thing that we want to include in the Octane edition. And I have to convince the people who are working on the Octane ticket that this is in line with the the goals or like, I guess, I guess I just don't know. It's not as well defined how these additions will be created in the future and maybe even how Octane was created. Is it, yeah. is it all based off of face-to-face feedback by the core teams to incorporate the 2018 roadmap or is it going to be some other mechanism? So I can talk specifically to Octane and then we can talk about in the general, in like the general future edition mm-hmm. case. Because, okay. yeah. uh, you know, we know a lot more obviously about what we have already done and than we necessarily know about the future, right? So sure. Octane, the first edition, is very specifically motivated by the 2018 community survey, the call for blog posts that we did earlier in the year, um, where we basically said, hey, tell us what features you're looking for. Tell us what what you wish we had. Tell us what what like rough edges that exist and stuff. Um, we had tons of people fill out blog posts. That, I want to say there were like 40, 50, 60 blog posts. Like it was a lot of blog posts. Mm-hmm. Um, the core team, the collective core teams, like CLI team, the framework team, like we read through, uh, I think most of us read through all of them probably, but certainly most of them and used those those key points as as things to focus on, right? So a big part of the, the new uh, Octane release is about finishing those things and solving the problems that uh, community uh, posted. Now, I don't know for sure, and this certainly isn't like a fundamental rule that all editions have to be driven by this community consensus gathering process, but I, I liked it. It worked well for me. Some of the things were a little bit difficult to read, and it's, you know, it's hard to sometimes hear people talk so negatively about, you know, what I think of as my baby, you know, like the thing that I care so deeply about. But it's good. It's healthy. All the blog posts that I read, even if they were being critical or harsh about uh, software I write or, you know, care about, they all were, were from a place where, hey, let's make this better. I still think this is the right thing to do. I'm still using Ember. It's because it's the best thing to do or to use. But here, the, these things are wrong and um, let's figure out how to go forward. If it was all just like a uh, let's hold hands and sing songs moment, then we wouldn't have anything to improve, <laughs> right? Sure, yeah. And there's always things to improve in any software, obviously. So that still begs the question, um, are, there, are there plans for future editions yet? Or is it kind of like, Get Octane out of the way, and then maybe in the future, like because there's a lot of work laid out by Octane, in the future, come up with a more formalized method for like dealing with uh, future editions, or would it likely be community driven again? I think it's it's very likely to always be community driven. Like that's even even if it was with the core team members themselves proposing ideas, that's we are of the community, right? Like sure, the majority yeah. of us work. We work all over the place. We work on startups. We work in big companies. We work in, work in small companies. Like it's it's a big it's a big tent, if you will. So I think that's part of it. But I I do think I liked I really like that call for blog posts. I like that process. I hope that mm-hmm. continues. I can't say it will or won't. I, I don't know for sure. But okay, so there there aren't there aren't official plans yet for the next ones. Um, there's definitely no plan, as far as I know, to make another edition after this one, uh, other than the general. Yes, we want to make more editions. Right. right. Like, okay. Okay. So, so it's still it's not a, it's, this isn't a process so much as a, this is a this is a reaction to the call for community blog posts and and it's, it's definitely not uh, it's definitely not something like the release cycle or something like yes. Yeah, so obviously right. we're gonna have another release. It is like X weeks from now, right? Mm-hmm. It's more 
Uh, it's more like, okay, well, well, as we build these features, like the, the uh, you know, I won't get into the details, but as we look at these features for Octane, we've been working on some of these things for a really long time, like a really long, like like three years yeah. more or more. So it takes time to queue up this this sort of combination that demands like an addition level of uh, like excitement and effort and like it's it's both it's lots of work but it's worth the work right it's worth it to have this sort of new mental model new programming model um as we go right when i imagine this like how this is going to play out it seems like it's either going to always line up in the middle of a major version or you know you could view potentially if you have multiple if you have multiple additions in a major version that means that one edition was kind of throwing out deprecation warnings for a very long time before, you know, what if something was actually removed? Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, do you see it kind of playing out like that, that we would potentially just have one of these kind of land once in a major uh, major version? I would not be surprised to have multiple in a major. Um, also, I can, I can say for sure that, uh, well, I'm almost certain that they just won't line up with major version bumps because that's the opposite of the point, right? Uh, again, like our major version bumps are like culling deprecations, um, not adding features, and additions are about promoting and touting new features. So they they almost certainly won't directly land on each other, right? Like, um, but there's no reason, like, with the technology that we're working on, the svelting and tree shaking and like bundling and and those those features, there's becoming less and less reason to have major version changes, right? Like to have br- or breaking changes. I mean, not you know, like uh, other than marketing reasons, there's no real reason because we can have the build system just drop dead code, right? And that's what Svelte is about. Well, that's included in the Octane edition and like that that roadmap to 2018. Um, right. 2018 roadmap, sorry. So what Svelte is all about is that, hey, your app says, hey, I'm compatible with Ember 3.6 with no deprecations. And it literally just strips all the features in Ember that are there for all the code that's there to support deprecated features. So you have zero cost. Right, like there's, like it's just dead code elimination basically, and uh, in de- development mode, if you use a deprecated feature, it will, you'll get an error instead of deprecation notice, and then in production, it's just stripped completely. Like that's the pitch, that's the idea, that's the whole point behind the spelt system. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Well, that that gives me a lot to think about in terms of additions. Uh, I I kind of understand why you might want to use an addition rather than keying off of versions as we have historically, because you're right with spelt builds, the, like. A lot of times it's like, hey, check out the new 3.0 or the 4.0 or whatever. Uh, look at all these new shiny things, but that doesn't need to happen that way anymore because of the right. new technology with build systems, right? That's- right, but also think about it the other way. Like The things we're introducing now, we don't plan for them to be gone in six weeks. We don't plan for them sure. to be gone in yeah. like six years. Right. We're not planning for them to be gone ever, right? So it's it's way better to not talk about them in version number terms because you know like uh you know 3.4's components are like not that different than 3.5's components right like it's, right. that's the 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 reason why the version number idea like just it it's not enough right the version numbers yes we we're semver it's important we try we're we're very dedicated to like doing the semver thing right it is way harder than most people think that it is uh if they say it's simple they are wrong <laughs> And this isn't about that. This is about new features. And we're going to add these features without breaking anything. And we're going to do it. And in, well, at least in the case of the current set, we're not even adding deprecations as far as I can tell for, for any of these things. But we're trying to change the way we teach how to use Ember, right? Right. And we need a, a grouping, a bucket to put that in, that work in, right? And that's what additions give us. Yeah, and you're right. It is really a good way for people to communicate and for us to get more 
and enthusiasm about um, the really cool features that are happening in Ember. It's it's I think I think it is actually kind of difficult to explain. Like, oh hey, we have really cool new things. Like we got rid of jQuery and all this other stuff, or you could have get get rid of jQuery or, or whatnot, and like tell that to somebody who is not an Ember developer because they're just gonna be like, oh cool, so neat. You're on three five now. Neat. weren't yeah. you on three zero like last year? <laughs> Yes, exactly. Like, well, yeah, but but that's but I, so many cool things. There's things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I get it. Okay, so uh, I guess that's gonna have to wrap up this episode. And I want to uh, to say that this is uh, this is definitely gonna be the first part of two. We're gonna talk about some other octane issues in our follow up episode to this. Uh, and I want to kind of go over the ones that we intend to cover, and we'll see if we get through all of them. And it's uh, it's the removing jQuery by default, which is uh, three eighty six. Rendering element modifiers, which is 415. Uh, Glimmer components, which is 416. Tracked properties, uh, which was brought up specifically by uh, Eric Kelly. Uh, so thank you for uh, for reaching out to us on Twitter. We're definitely going to cover that in the follow-up. And uh, object model decorators. And those are kind of the high-level ones that we want to talk about um, to kind of review the Octane edition uh, in the follow-up episode. All right, so stay tuned. Next week, we will be back with all of that stuff. Well, we can guarantee this time that it's next week because we we have to. <laughs> hey. Yeah, we have to do it, right? Oh, oh, I was about to say. I thought you were going to about to remove all. You're about to remove all the uh, the mystery around the the audio recording. No, no. Next week at this time, we are also going to record. Yeah, okay, exactly. Right? In exactly seven days, we will be recording again. And you'll be wearing the exact same sweater. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Yeah, but it's gonna say New Year's on it. I have a little pin for New Year's. What is that? Is that when we're doing the feats of strength? Mm-hmm. Yep. And okay. we're gathering around the festivus pole. Okay, cool. <clears throat> so, so that uh, is all we have for this week, but stay tuned <laughs> for next time when there will definitely be a lot of more RFCs. I'm Jonathan Jackson. And I'm Chase McCarthy. And I'm Robert Jackson. And we'll see you next weekend. <laughs>